shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. Once again, welcome to the Adventures in Tech podcast. This is episode number 13 for the week of January 27th. 2022. I don't think we need an introduction anymore, Dan. Eh, it can't hurt. I think they know who we are. I'm not sure. There's <laughs> always going to be new listeners. Well, here's Andrew and Dan. So there you go. That's true. There is always listeners. And, you know, getting right into that, if you like the content, help us out by providing feedback and a rating on wherever you download your podcast from. We greatly appreciate all of your support in, in that uh, regard. And we are available on tons of platforms. So web-based, Apple, Google, you name it, Android, we're all over the place, which is a great thing, for except for our wives. They would disagree with that statement for us to be all over the place. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I'm going off the rails already in the first already. 35 seconds of the podcast. Hey, I it's guess been that. that's when 13 episodes will do. Oh, 13. Just wait till we hit 100. There you go. Goals, goals. There you go. Hashtag goals. Exciting news. We talked a little bit last week. Uh, just as a reminder, we're not going to go uh, dive deep into the online courses uh, from NiceGate. But again, uh, in the last episode, we went over all the different ones uh, that are available for free 99, like we always like to say. So feel free to sign up and you know expand your network, expand your learning. Uh, and that's through NiceGate.org. And you can see it, and we'll link it in the show notes. Absolutely. And you know, make sure when you go there, you do sign up for NiceGate to get their latest updates. I mean, new courses are added monthly. They're really great asynchronous just to improve your you know bag of tricks that you have for the classroom. Yes, big thing that's going on uh, in the social media world right now is the FETSI conference, which is the Future of Educational, Future of Education Technology Conference. It's held in Orlando, where it's probably much mm, nicer than it is. Seventy-five here. degrees, no snow in the forecast as we're getting ready to hunker down based on uh, the weather and what Ben Knoll says for us. Uh, big fans of Ben Knoll uh, on Twitter, but uh, that's going at, uh in Orlando through the twenty-eighth, and the best way. Uh, to kind of check out what's going on is obviously to hit up the socials, specifically Twitter, mm -hmm. with the hashtag Fetsy, F-E-T-C, and you can definitely get all kinds of information. It's just a great support system uh, for education in general to see what's coming, what's going on, great ideas, best practices, and it's all in one dedicated place. So. And a lot of these tech companies are represented there down at Fetsy, so even though you're not there, which would be nice to be there right sure. now, um, following along, as Andrew said, on that hashtag on Twitter, you're going to see what's being pushed out by these tech companies, you know, right at this conference, because they usually use these big platforms to premiere new things. Yeah. So, uh, definitely check that out and you can follow along. And again, the nice thing about social media media is it does live on in, in, in perpetuity and you can always go back and check that hashtag. If you don't get something at that instant moment, you can continue to check it up. So let's go into the weekly windup. Not a ton of news no. uh, from Google or anything like that. I think a lot of these companies are pushing stuff out because they're live and in person. Sure. Um, just a little teaser. We do have a special episode next week uh, with a ed tech company. I don't want to say too much. We may have already said it, but uh, we're excited uh, to be speaking with a special guest on next week's episode, who obviously he's not on this week's episode because he's at Fetsy. There you go. So we did uh, set up that interview and we'll go over that uh, for, for next week's episode. But uh, Dan, talk to me. We talk a lot about PBL 
Right. And it's always looking for resources. I know we've mentioned it with our PBL episodes, but just coming off of another one not too long ago, just want to throw out a reminder for people to check out that PBL Works website. Yep. Um, and getting in there, setting up a free account, you can go to pblworks.org, set up your account, and it has tons of resources. It has you know, PBL project ideas. It has templates for designing your PBL experiences. It has rubrics, everything you can, can look at, gain inspiration, and then make something of your own. So if you're, if you're interested in bringing your, in turning your classroom into a more student based learning environment, um, whether you're delving fully into PBL or we talked about mini PBLs or just instituting more voice and choice or trying to find authentic audiences, Go there, find some inspiration. Yeah, that's a great place to kind of, you know, dip your toe in it, like Dan said, and get your, you know, get your feet wet and kind of make a plan. And and perhaps you want to go to a PBL training. They, you know, all those dates are listed. A lot of them are, I think they're all virtual now. Right. Um, You know, that's how Dan and I attended last May. Last May. So, uh, you know, definitely, you know, it's something that you could bring up to your district uh, if needed, if it's, you know, beneficial and you want to attend it. See, uh, see if you can get uh, on their training schedule. And they have multiple uh, scaffolded levels of that as well. And, and I would say I really enjoyed the training we went through last yeah. year. Andrew and I did um, work together, but we were also team to, We also worked with some teachers from, uh, one was from the Midwest, one Midwest. was from the South. Yep, um, all we, over. We created some awesome PBL experiences, and I'm still using all of those resources that I learned about in the PBL works website to work with teachers now. Yeah. So lots going on in, uh, as we start to pivot and talk about what's been going on in classrooms, uh, you know, across our specific district, uh, before we get into specific classrooms, you know, it, community connecting to the community is an overall theme with all school districts probably uh and really you know having transparency and being able to let you know what's going on and in these uncertain times so we were working with, and, and big props to uh, our guidance counselors and Absolutely. their department. Uh, second year now, we've done a virtual electives fair because eighth graders and up going into high school, you know, so eighth through 11th grade, they're going to start to choose and, and schedule or uh, it's, I don't want to say like a lottery, but choose the courses that they're and their path that they're looking to take uh, as they go through their high school career. So we did a virtual electives fair. And, you know, one of the most powerful things about it is it really gave a good environment for students to be together with their parents and have conversations via Google Meet with the instructors of the courses. So they were able to see what courses might interest them, but they'd also learn about the various pathways to graduation, which electives would help them um, with their desired path to, to, to graduation. So I, it was well attended. Yep. And what we now have after two years of doing this is a, a living source of all our electives and all the updates in one place that's easy to access all year round. Yeah. And that's the key is they can continually use it as a reference tool. So as they're trying to plan out, you know, their educational careers, as they're getting close to the end of uh, the K-12 realm, they're able to look back and kind of say, this is where I want to go. This is my ideas. This is what, uh, you know, how I'm going to move forward. So uh, one thing we also want to talk about, we talk about engagement, right? And uh, we all are, are pretty familiar uh, with Kahoot. You know, it's been around. It's a very robust, uh, you know, uh, gamification engagement uh, tool for your classroom. Uh, but look it. 
look it. I don't know how this Someone this didn't it get it on our radar, but um, want to thank one of our colleagues to bring our attention to this, yep. and it's a great resource for for what it is. Yeah. So basically, it's it's learning reimagine. It wants you to level up your classroom engagement and. Uh, it's, it's got trivia and review games and you basically, you know, to summarize it, the way it works is the teacher, the host picks a question set in a unique game mode, and then they generate the code, this, this website, uh, that players can use to join the game on their own devices. After the game starts, players answer the questions, level up, they help win. That's where the fun starts because they have not just one format of games. Right. So it's a variety of games to keep students engaged and excited, which we know, it's, you know, it's it's tough. You know, it's a challenge as an educator for that engagement. So you switch things up. We're not saying get rid of Kahoot. No. Kahoot's awesome. It's absolutely fantastic. But again, just another tool in your toolbox to really help your students. And I will point out, you, you much like Kahoot, you would go in, you would create your question sets, you design your, you, you'd choose the style of game. Um, you get a game code. That code just, um, you can push out as a link to your students via your, your, um, learning management system, and they click on that link, and they go right into the activity. So there's no need to sign in. Um, and, and in terms of signing in and privacy, it was a great organization to work with. Yep. Um, we were able to secure an EdLaw 2D agreement in a matter of a day. Um, so that was a definite positive for this. Yeah, so Copa Ferpa, and obviously for New York State purposes, they are EdLaw 2D compliant. So something you want to check out, we will link it in the show notes. It's called Blookit, B-L-O-O-K-E-T.com, uh, and then you can definitely check it out. Again, in your district, please make sure that you have your own uh, EdLaw 2D uh, agreement signed and in place, you know, for your specific uh, school district. So... Other things going on in the classrooms. I, I think you should start. I uh, mean, yeah, we're we're at the. I know. I, I, I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I I keep hearing um, some theme music every time you uh, come in with uh, theme music provided by Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Footloose. <laughs> no. Uh, just from the uh, Caddyshack soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> Next thing I was going was the Danger Zone. You know, wow. but that's another thing. It could be a Danger Zone. I would it could covered- be. So uh, we've, we've talked about uh, a PBL project. Uh, a lot of you have heard from John uh, in past episodes, uh, one of our STEAM specialists uh, in our district. And him and I have been collaborating with some second grade teachers uh, in our district, finally talking about the properties of matter, standard and non-standard units of measurement. So tying in all elements STEAM, and then we brought robotics in with the Spiro Minis, uh, and we have them where they're golf balls. So we talked about the mini golf course. We are uh, at the final stages uh, and our celebration with the golf course is coming in less than 24 hours. Weather pending. We're not in Florida, of course, so we have to worry about snow. But uh, we are excited. 17 mini golf holes. Dan, you'll be coming. I will be there. And we'll be putting we'll put it all on the social so you can see the outcome of everything we've been talking about and what a learning experience for the students. They've really just they've enjoyed it, the whole PBL process and going through and they can't wait. They can't wait. And we have members of obviously our school district coming, uh, upper administration, obviously building level them in. And we even, you know, big PBL components, you bring people in from the community. So some of our students haven't had the opportunity to play mini golf before. So we've also set that up for when the weather does turn warmer. Uh, we are going to go to a local uh, place uh, as well, and he has given graciously given the opportunity for all the students to play mini golf for free. So bringing in the community, again, connecting to that community, huge component 
Um, so that's fantastic. We're we're celebrating tomorrow. I'm excited to play golf with glitter all over again. <laughs> but, but you bring up a good point about that connecting to the community. Really, you have to just put yourself out there and ask. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, whether that's connecting with someone, like Andrew said, to bring the kids in to give them experience, or if you'd like to bring an author or an expert or something in a field, you just have to get out there and ask. Put it out there, and I'm sure you would be overwhelmed with the response. Reminds me of that, uh, the Ditch Summit with John yep. Stamos. You yeah. Know, the, the teacher went and just asked, you know, John Stamos, would you come and speak to my class? And he said, Absolutely. And it's been doing it every year. So you just got to put it out there and you know, your social media is the best platform to go through. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to connect with a lot of, of, of the community members. Uh, and I, you know, I get it. They're all over different platforms, but I would say a lot of them do use the, the main ones with Twitter and so forth. So that's definitely something cool. Um, the other thing is we were very fortunate. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about class VR, Uh, and we were able to secure a couple more grants, which is great news, and we're going to expand our our library of goggles. Uh, So that resource is coming in, and we have a lot of things coming up with podcasting across multiple grade levels. Uh, We're doing nonfiction videos and teasers and trailers for students as, as young as first grade. So lots of good things to come, and we'll continually update you on those uh, as they progress throughout the next couple weeks and months. Um, so one thing that just popped up on our calendars and we started working on, I've been on it for about two weeks. Andrew joined me in this week is creating a, another PBL experience yep. for social studies, uh, specifically around sixth grade and the studying of the golden age civilization. So I'm working with, uh, two sixth grade classes. And as we were going through the PBL, um, planner and starting, we, to plan our events, we were looking for that authentic audience. Um, and one thing that occurred to me is that ninth grade global history is studying golden age civilizations at the same time. So we were able to make a connection between the sixth grade class and the ninth grade global history to work on this PBL project together. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it really is. And, you know, we're very thankful, uh, you know, for our roles and everybody being receptive and open. And a quote that I just saw recently on social media that really stuck out to me is, as coaches, we must propose, not impose. And the moment that we impose, people will naturally oppose. But we have so many colleagues in our district and across other districts that lean out through the socials, that reach out. It is a, as we've said time and time again, it is a great network of people where you can collaborate, share ideas, because in the end, it's all about what's best for students and creating those experiences. So, And, and talk about creating experiences. As you were talking about the excitement of you know the mini golf course, I looked at this PBL unit, and we looked at the role of these high school students. Well, they're assuming the role of the experts, because they are. Um, right. They've been studying it. They, they have a good understanding of it, and they're going to be presenting this to the sixth grade students and their, their, their major role is to create excitement, to create a buzz, to bring history alive for these sixth graders, to let them sink their teeth into something so they have more value in what they're studying. So I just want to bring up, cause I just got a message like okay. three minutes ago. Um, from the ninth grade teacher and was talking about, and put it out there as a creative process, um, to their students to design something that would um, promote engagement with the sixth graders. And they came up and were focusing on Greece, Rome, and China for the Golden Age civilizations. And they wanted to do an Olympic reenactment for Greece, a Medusa story skit 
as well. They want to do an interview between a Roman patrician and a plebeian. And then they want to take on the role of Chinese time travelers who want to voice over a TikTok and return to ancient China. Um, so looking at that, you know, collaborative creative process, giving students voice and choice, um, setting out a desired problem, building empathy and designing something that will fit is really an exciting learning experience and so much more valuable than, hey, ninth graders, go create a slide deck to right. go to go teach them about the, <clears throat> these three areas. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's going to, you know, just be powerful with the connection with the community, with the kids themselves. So uh, that's fantastic. I love it. I, I have to say fantastic a bunch of times. That's, that's my word. So, uh, so <laughs> this week, <laughs> this week, uh, you know, we, we started going back and forth of, uh, you know, how what what is something that we think is perhaps underutilized in education? Because we know that time is as old as time goes, we've all talked about taking notes and the importance of note taking. And we know students learn differently. Some need that note and that rote memorization and everything like that. But there's something that has been out for a few years. It's gotten buzzed, the pandemic hit, things have gone, you know, uh, off the rails. And I want to talk about sketch noting. A lot of people may not know exactly what sketch noting is, but it is powerful. It, it is. is extremely powerful. I like to think that I was always a sketch noter. I mean, yeah, I doodled. I right. doodled. Yeah, I doodled everywhere. <laughs> if you saw my notebooks, um, especially in those large lecture centers in college, like I was doodling everywhere. But like the idea of listening, processing information, taking notes, or reading, processing information, and taking notes. You know, so much. You know, you see students do, and and sometimes, and I'm guilty of it myself. Is just copying things down verbatim, right? And, and not really processing or analyzing what I'm doing. Um, I always found that when I started taking notes, the use of arrows, circles, certain underlined things, uh, symbols had a had a personal meaning to me. Yep. So it was like it was showing different points, but then putting in a different kind of analysis into my note taking. So the idea of introducing sketch noting as a strategy for students, I think is a fantastic thing we can do um, for our students to empower them. Yeah, it's like an own, uh, our own map key for our brain to understand the content or, or the notes or the what we really need to have a deep understanding about. And the key is visual thinkers are deep thinkers. So as educators, you add sketch noting to your toolkit as an instructor, as you help students develop their own visual thinking skills. So, you know, it is uh, better, it's, it's to better develop and deliver the curriculum. Uh, it's going to help them uh, develop and apply their skills in, in a subject-specific way. And, oh, sorry, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, but what's nice about sketchnoting is there's no strict format right. to it. it. It doesn't say you have to take notes this way. Mm -hmm. You must do this. You must do that. Instead, it presents you with a variety of tools for you to choose from and create your own customized note-taking process. I mean, just think about the metacognition that goes into yep. um, empowering students with this new you know, visual form of note taking. Um, and you can customize something that would work well with your learning style or your personality. Yeah, it's really, you know, verbal to visual, right, learning. And it's note taking for, you know, I know we say 21st century a lot and we're already in that century, but it's it's note taking in real time that's going to really drive you know, the memorization, the the content, the understanding of the skills. It's it, I don't want to say it's reinventing, no. but it's a uh, a revolutionary way of almost like questioning the status quo, right? You know, in, in some way is because it's making school different and it's making it, you know, uh, relevant that 
It's not like Dan just said, you have to do notes the same way. That's absolutely not uh, the case. It kind of, you know, there's a framework, you know, like Dan said, with what you can utilize for it. And, you know, but you'll see how much a student understands from their sketch notes right. and the flexibility and the creation and the choice that we always go back and refer to is powerful in that regard. And especially, you know, it, it is inclusive. You may think, well, I'm not a good artist. I'm not very visual. Stick but figures, man. Stick figures, any symbols, but like, it, it empowers. So for like the doodlers out there, like me, yep. <laughs> um, your notes might be heavy on sketches. For those that are wordy, you're word lover friendly, then you'd have more words in there and you might stick mostly to that. But you might bring in some diagrams here and there to help organize those words. Yeah, so the arrows, There's lines. a lot of thinking that goes behind sketch noting, which allows them to delve into the material a little bit more instead of that like rote copying of material. Like right. I write something on the board and then you write down exactly what Verbatim. I have on the board. I mean, I've in the past we've all been guilty of it. I put I put up a slide deck, I'm like, here's your notes for the day, copy them down. I'm where is that getting me? You know, now with the infusion of technology and all these different tools out there, hey, guys, here's the notes. I want to see how you make sense of them. Right, and they're able to bold their own. I mean, there's so many tools. We, we know that we've taken notes from a whiteboard for a whole room, as Dan mentioned, but you can experiment so much with sketch notes is that everybody's brain is wired to take in a scene of sorts and process it, and we look at things differently, and we process things faster than we can with line by line notes because of the layout. And I know a big question, you know, before we dive too deep into sketch noting in general is how do I begin? Right. Right. I, I need, I need a little, uh, you know, scaffolds. I need the supports in place. How can I start? I think if you wanted to introduce sketch noting into the classroom, um, I'm looking at this great, um, resource called verbal to visual.com. Mm -hmm. um, so you can check that out. We'll also put it in the show notes, but they break it down into three different parts. Yep. So part one will be focus on individual sketch noting skills. These are the tools that make up your note taking toolkit. So you'll learn how to use handwritten fonts, arrows, stick figures, icons, colors, and many other things that will make your notes more dynamic and useful. Right. Right. There's a lot uh, that you can do with those. And that's that first step, you know, I mean, even just starting with a, a headline on the page and writing something and drawing a box or cloud around it, making it different in general. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what makes sketch notes so interesting is the way the information gets called out on a page because it appeals differently to everybody. Think of a magazine or a book, right? It's they take separate but related information and could put it in a colored box on a page or or whatnot. So they can bubble it. They can do so many things to have it eye-catching and really give it presence on a page. And we have another article that we'll put in the show notes that literally talks about it's uh, your visual journal, how to sketch note with no artistic ability at all. This is my article because I don't have artistic right. ability. Um, so then if we look at introducing it for part two, then focus on specific sketch noting processes. So look at how you can combine the individual tools from part one into a cohesive note taking process. So that's like using things like um, Cornell notes and sketch noting with that using flow charts, card by card, mind maps, timelines, um, right. kind of like a mood board or, or, or something approach. Um, so there's all different ways that you can frame or put a container around your sketch noting. Yep, and part three for that is the subject-specific sketch noting, and it's basically uh, exploring the best ways to apply those sketch noting skills to specific content areas. 
And the nice thing about this verbaldivisual.com that we're going to link is they give you like videos, tutorials for all of this, timestamp for content areas, for everything Dan had just mentioned. Well, you know, with social studies, science, math, foreign language, PE, and things cross discipline. Uh, it's got all of this on here. So it's really, and they're not overly, I don't want to say uh, long videos in no. the sense that, you know, we know learning has to take place in videos. We lose attention quickly, our attention span. So this is something that you can pause, you can rewind, you can hit the components that you want in each video. Absolutely. And we're also going to include a lot of different resources, um, some great resources by Ditch That Textbook. Oh, we love Matt. We love Matt. Um, 12 Ways to Get Started in te uh, Sketchnoting. Uh, Sylvia Duckworth has a great way of step-by-step -step manuals and, and a lot to go into sketchnoting. Yeah, Sylvia Duckworth is really into, she's got a ton of resources ton. available online, uh, you know, for you, your students to get started right away. Uh, she's got sketchnote fever. <laughs> so that's 21 free sketchnoting lessons. Matt does talk about it. And, um, you know, Sylvia also has a bunch of books out there right. regarding sketchnoting. Uh, so definitely someone to check out on Twitter, check out all the uh, the websites as well that we will put in the show notes. Um, I'm, be, go okay. ahead. No, I was going to say, like, I think a lot of people hearing this is are, it, it, it might be intimidating. Yeah. Um, that's like, how am I going to teach my students to do this? You know, it is intimidating. I, I would be a little nervous introducing this myself because it's not something concrete. You know, right. it's very fluid. It grows. It's very personal. But then I, I, I'd have to look and, and weigh, like, the overall benefit, overall what's keeping me from doing it. And just perhaps, perhaps I can find greater opportunities to reach more of my students, to engage them, and actually see their thinking. Like, right. that's one thing we want to be able to do as a teacher is be able to see the thinking process of our students to see are they understanding or not. So why not give it a try? Right. W just put it out there, go through the three steps to introduce it, um, give some notes material, and see what the students can make out of it. Yeah, and when you really talk about seeing or visualizing our students' thinking – it's very hard to see that in almost all content areas with the exception of math. Because how many times have you heard that teacher, show your work, you got to show your work for credit, you got to show your work so they can see your thinking where there may be some misconceptions or whatnot. So this sketchnoting is the way to apply the visual thinking in all content areas. Um, I know we're you know going to be wrapping up shortly. Before we do so, though, with sketchnoting, and we can always revisit this, so if you need us to, please let us know. Uh, I want to talk resources because uh, a lot of things that, you know, people are like, well, paper, pencil, markers, pens, et cetera, and digital. I want to be in the digital environment. I'm in a one-to-one -one environment. Mm -hmm. What can I use? So depending upon, you know, your ecosystem, Keynote has drawing tools now in, right. in, in the Mac world. So that's something. Google Keep, right? I know it's small, but you can copy to a Google Doc, right? When we're talking things. Jamboard, Jamboard on a touchscreen device uh, or a tablet uh, has those drawing tools, uh, you know, the pens. Very simplistic. So when I'm thinking simple, I'm saying our youngest learners in that regard. Absolutely. <clears throat> and then also something like Flipgrid as well. Yeah. Flipgrid can put in that voice and that drawing tool right in there as well. All of them. So there's a couple others. Uh, you know, if you're in the Apple ecosystem with tablets, you know, sketchbooks on iOS. Um, I always mess up the name of this one. Taya Sui Sketches Pro. It's not free 99. It's 599. Does have some in-app purchases. Procreate. I've never messed with that one um, for 999. Again, you have to see what is best for you. Even if you just want to start 
you know, uh, sketch noting uh, as you go to your conference days and, and conferences, it's something to check out. Uh, we did want to talk about Adobe Fresco. That's, uh, again, Adobe keeps rebranding stuff, uh, and that's available uh, on iOS, Google, and Windows. And then um, before we get to the paper and pencil regular version as well, SketchUp.com. So the thing I want to mention about SketchUp, SketchUp for schools is nice. Chromebooks, mm-hmm. it's web-based. Uh, it's supported with Google Drive. I know we have it. Uh, and the nice thing is it's in the waffle. It's I in the to, waffle, yeah. So if you never uh, explored the waffle, uh, you can definitely check out for all those things, you know, especially because you're going there to download this podcast anyways from the waffle with Google Podcasts maybe. Um, it's all the way, it could be all the way at the bottom, uh, and it's SketchUp for Schools. Definitely something worth checking out as it's free and it's on Chromebooks, so it's uh, it's cool because it's already in your domain, so that's great. Um, Dan, the last one I want to talk about that some people are all about, cause there are people who are like, I don't need the digital. I need to handwrite my notes. Mm-hmm. And some people don't know much about rocket books. We've experienced rocket books. Yes, we have. It's, I don't want to say it's a, a better planner for everybody. Uh, but it's something where you can still do your handwriting, your sketch noting, your doodles. But the nice thing is it uses those friction pens, and then it automatically, you just scan the picture, right? And mm-hmm. it uploads to your Google Drive right. or OneNote or whatever you're using. So, And, you know, for those paper and pencil and the sketch noting, that's how I would start with my students. And remember, you can always scan in those sketch notes, or they can put a picture of it and put it into their drive or, or submit it into the classroom and create a digital record of it as well. And just so you know, when I talk about these rocket books, and we'll link something, and they're on, they're always on special on Amazon. You can go to getrocketbook.com uh, for, for different ones. But I want to mention is it's almost like the last notebook you'll ever need. If this is something that works for you, if you try it out and you like it, you know, we say you take the notes and then it automatically, you know, upload, you know, digitally. But then you wipe the paper clean. Right. It's not, you're not going through and think, throwing out I think I had paper. one where you had to throw it in the microwave or something like that. Oh, but. I think that was the old one. That I was the old one. I'm looking right now. I'm telling you, I got someone somewhere. Oh, look at that. There it is. Rocket Book One, Cloud Connected Intelligent Notebook. So, uh, and it's app-based. So you can definitely check it out. It's cool. And we'll uh, we'll link it in the, uh, the show notes. So, uh, Dan, any final thoughts? Um, nope, not for this week. But all right. Thank, I just another as always. Thank you to all of our listeners. Right. Yeah, we do. Thank you all for uh, your support, listening on all the platforms, leaving us a review. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out to us. Tech hard, work smart, live an adventure. Till next time. Find Andrew on all socials at a Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech Dr. <laughs>